Well, good morning, everybody. My name is, I hear mine right there. Uh, my name is Kevin Taylor. I'm the campus pastor at Cedar Creek Church's Ridge Campus. And I am, I am very excited to be here today. Uh, you know, it, it feels good. Uh, we are one church in many locations. And as much as I miss the guys up at the Ridge this morning, uh, grateful to be here with y'all at, at, at Banks Mill. And whether you're watching us uh, online or here in person with us today at one of the campuses, uh, we just love the fact we all get to worship together, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, we're in week four, uh, hard to believe, in our parable series, and, uh, and just wanted to let you guys know if you've missed any of them coming into today, they are available on our app or our website. You can go back and get caught up, and, and or for that matter, any of them that you uh, want to go back and look at, all of our series are on our our website, and you can get there through our app to, to check that out. Um, but, but parables uh, are so, so valuable to us because it's such a great way for God to be sharing with us stories that teach us about how to be obedient, how to be successful in our walk with God, and just what he, he wants us to know. So uh, as I've been going through these parables, I'm reminded of how God has a way of teaching us something new, even in something that we've uh, read 50 times. You know, I, I just, if you read your Bible a lot, you're going to go back and you're going to wind up reading some of the same passages and, and stories over and over and over. And there's nothing in the world wrong with that because it's the only book I've ever known where something keeps being revealed to me as I continue to dig deeper like that. So I say that only for this, to encourage you, uh, if you don't have a Bible reading plan, or you're not in some type of plan already, uh, check out your Bible app, find a plan. Uh, it is just so valuable to continue to dig into God's word. But for now, let's go ahead and look at, uh, at what God is gonna be teaching us today. And what we're gonna be talking about is the parable of the wedding feast. This is uh, so much to learn in this story. And you can tell I was kind of laughing about how, many, how much word and scripture and all that that I had on the front of the program. I'm kind of bad about putting a lot, but there was, uh, there was a lot to teach in this one. I wasn't willing to pull some of it out of it and, uh, and leave the rest. So I know it's a lot on there, but we're going uh, to be looking at Matthew 22 uh, verses 1 through 14 in just a minute. Uh, if you want to follow along on your phone or in your Bible, it's all going to be on the screen, so you don't have to, but I just know some people like to make their own notes on their phone or in their Bible, so that's where we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be reading all the way through that, but first I wanted us to take just a quick look, just a quick overview of the story that we're going to be talking about. So the, again, this is the parable of the wedding feast, and what happens here is a king prepares a wedding feast for his son. He sends his servants out uh, with invitations. The people that they delivered the invitations to, they're not interested. They're not interested in coming to the, to the wedding feast, to the party. So he sends more servants with more invitations. They're still not interested in coming. So the king invites anyone to come, anyone. All these people show up, great party. There's a guy there who is not adhering to what the king expects uh, at the party. The king throws him out. Okay, so I know it sounds like a movie of the week, right? This is so much in here that God is going to teach us. So that's me telling uh, my version of it. Let's look at it in God's word. So we're going to read through this here now. This is Matthew 22, 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come but they refused to come. 
Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed there was a man who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. Lots going on here. Lots of great information. Let's unpack it into some lessons to learn. So the first thing on your, on your program there, the first feeling we got for you here is enjoy a relationship with God. Enjoy a relationship with God. God did not have to create the world and all the people in it. And when he did, he did not have to give us the freedom of choice that he gives us for the decisions we make in our life. God did this to have a relationship with us. He created us to be in relationship with him on a daily basis. The king in this story is creating something beautiful and wants to share it. He's throwing an incredible banquet. He wants to share that. God made a way that is better than anything we can make for ourselves. He wants us to have that relationship with him so we can have the blessing and peace that comes from living in his will. That relationship cannot come from just acknowledging that something exists. Satan knows God exists, right? This is about a relationship. It comes from a true, loving, obedient, and honoring relationship. So let's look at these first two verses uh, in, in this uh, parable. It says, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. So this king has prepared something that is just wonderful. This is going to be a wonderful experience. He could have just turned to his son and said, hey, here's 20 bucks. Y'all go see the justice of the peace. Good luck to you, right? But he wanted to do something special, more than they had, more than they had hoped for. This makes me think of what God has prepared for us. Out of his love for us, we have the opportunity to accept the salvation, the forgiveness of sins, the walk with God in his kingdom on earth, eternity in heaven, and grace in a way that we could never imagine. If you didn't feel special when you woke up this morning, consider that. Consider all that God has prepared for you, for me, purely out of love and grace, and to give us hope that tomorrow can be better than today because we know the one who created the days. But we need a relationship with the one that has done the preparation for us. The second one on your fill in there, accept 
God's invitation. Accept God's invitation. You know, people are kind of leery of invitations anymore. It's getting worse as time moves on, um, especially if they have to RSVP. Uh, there seems to be a, a fear of commitment. Um, something better may come along. You might decide you just want to be on the couch with Netflix and a pack of Oreos. I mean, that's just common nowadays. People, people are scared to commit. So it's not necessarily the invitation that troubles people. It's the response that they're asked to give. The thoughts start running. Is this something I'm willing to commit to? Is this something I'm going to regret committing to? Um, my wife's here today, and, and I'm reminded of whenever uh, her dad one time, he was a pistol. Amory's brother uh, <clears throat> called up uh, Ann's dad and said, hey, uh, you know, we've got tickets to the uh, Detroit Tigers game. They live up in Michigan. Uh, would you like to go with us? And his response was classic. It was, I would love to, but I'm just not interested. That became a funny, we're still talking about it 10 years later thing. So if there's something that we don't want to do, that's, I'd love to, but I'm just not interested. This is the kind of the response that these guys are, that the king is getting from the people he's, he's invited. Uh, parable's talking about a wedding banquet, but what we're talking about is Jesus' invitation to the kingdom of God. This is not a Netflix moment. This is not a decision, you know, to be made lightly. It's an invitation that all, excuse me, it's an invitation to all that God has prepared for us. Let's look at the next few verses. This is verse three through six. The king sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business, the rest seized the servants, mistreated them, and killed them. So the king sent an invitation, but people basically ignored it. Then he sends more people with more invitations and had them remind all the people of all that he had prepared, that it would be wise to say yes and show up. And on a side note, just saying show up, um, that's one of my favorite things, showing up. A lot of things happen, planned or unplanned, because you show up, but more about that another time. Um, but with all the king has done to plan and invite, people still went about their business and even beat and killed the servants that were delivering the invitations. So, I, and I know this seems crazy. They're beating up people. It's just a, you walk up, you, get, you tell, invite a guy to a party and he beats you up and kills you. This is, this is crazy. But it, it makes me wonder, sometimes this is how God feels when we say no to him, if you're here today, whether in person or online, you've either accepted Christ as your savior or you're looking for it. And I'm happy for both. You're here. You're engaged with us. And that's, that's incredible. God has issued this invitation through his son, Jesus. We have the opportunity to say yes to so much that has been prepared just for us, just because he's a loving God but we have to accept the invitation. Number three on your program. There are consequences for not listening to God. There are consequences for not listening to God. And you can spell it phonetically if you want to. I had to look it up myself, right? 
Some of the uh, previous parable messages have talked about this. Basically, God has a plan that says there will be consequences if we don't adhere to it. You know, the king in this story, he's angry. He's made all these preparations. I'm sure spent a lot of time, resources, manpower, money to get the invitations out. But think of this. He would not have sent that first and second batch of invitations to people he did not think were close enough to him. He thought they would have to be close enough to him that they would not pass on attending. He thought they had something. They knew each other. So evidently, there was a loose connection, but no willingness for the people to dive in with the king. They kind of knew him, but not really diving in on the relationship here. And y'all appreciate this. Uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago, I uh, went to see my uh, family up in Michigan. And uh, get up there, it's hot, it's great. We're swimming in the lake, having some fun, floating around. And then this cold front comes in. And again, we're in upper Michigan. So the high for the last couple of days was about 59 or 60 degrees. So I've decided to get brave, and I'm, I'm still going to get in the water. I'm not going to miss out. I'm on vacation. I'm still going to get in the water. So I go out to the lake, and I start easing in. You know, I got my feet, then I'm to my ankles, then I get shins. I'm up to knees, and by then, for some reason, I don't know what makes it better when you put your arms out to the side when you're freezing to death. I don't know why we do it, something like this. And I'm sitting here thinking, I'm such an idiot. Why, why am I torturing myself for all this time trying to ease into something that I know good and well the best thing in the world to do would just be to go jump in? Just dive in. Get in there. And I feel like this is the relationship these people have with this king. And it's the relationship that we contend to have with God. That we're dabbling with it. We're sticking our toe in it. We're sticking our foot. We're up to our shin. But we're not diving into this. And I would have to think that that's how the king felt. And he wanted them to dive in. So the people were still saying no. And some were so angry that the hurt that they hurt the people delivering the invitations and even killed some of them. Some just went to work ignoring the invitation. And the king, he's just trying to get some people to understand the importance of saying yes and there are consequences of saying no and for hurting his people. Check out verse seven. It says, the king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed the murderers and burned their city. So the king destroyed those that murdered the guys delivering the invitations and burnt their city. And that's some, that's some pretty tough consequences. But what is God telling us here? You know, that there's only so long he'll be ignored or mocked or denied, told no, or only so long he'll watch people hurt his people. You know, completely at God's discretion. He doesn't need to check in with us. There are consequences for bad decisions and actions. God has made the invitation simple. He's saying, accept what I prepared and what I'm offering you. He's saying this is not an offer to take lightly. This is not an offer to ignore. And that he will protect his people. That it is better to live in a relationship with God than to live in the consequences of saying no. Fourth thing on your... Uh, outline fill in there the invitation is for everyone the invitation is for everyone I thought about making this point three so I had all the invitation stuff together but then the invitation verses were later and then the, this the invitation is changing everything and I let my OCD stuff get a hold of me but the whole reason that this is in here again talking about invitations is this 
This is the invitation that changed the world. This is the invitation that is for everyone. And I mean everyone. Not just the people that look like you, dress like you, speak like you, have the same economic status, uh, same school, same team. This is the invitation from Jesus to everyone. And when I was a kid, uh, my favorite story was the Good Samaritan. I mean, I was a typical boy. If, if I liked uh, David and Goliath, because what, what's cooler than killing a giant with a slingshot, and Jonah and the whale, and things like that. But for some reason, the Good Samaritan one stuck with me, I guess because just uh, somebody stopping to help somebody they had absolutely no connection with and just helping them out of love in their heart. And I can't take credit for, for all that I've done because what it meant to me, it's my my family instilling in me uh, the Bible and, and teaching me about Jesus and what he expects from us at an early age. But um, what happened to me, though, is it made me always want to stop when I'd see somebody on the side of the road, whether a broke-down car, whether walking down the side of the road. And, and I always remember thinking whenever I saw them, wondering what their story is. Uh, are they just getting some exercise? Uh, is it a car broken down? Are they homeless? Are they... Dealing with struggling with some family or addictions or whatever. What's, what's somebody doing just walking down the side of the road randomly here? And uh, my parents, it worried them because I would stop and I would pick people up or I would stop and help. And they were fearful. They were appreciative of the heart to serve, but they were fearful that they were going to find me or get the phone call one day that I was the one in the ditch. And I say all that because what's funny is... Uh, Three weeks ago, before we went to Michigan, we went to rent a car. And when I went there to pick up the car, uh, the people who had it before me hadn't brought it back in yet. So what happened was they're like, hey, we need about an hour. We're sending somebody to go get it. We'll get it in here, clean it up. Can you kill an hour? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Well, I'd had my son Levi drop me off at the car at a rental place because obviously I couldn't drive to home. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, he's a 17-year-old. He eats two hours. If I call him fast enough, he's going to drive through somewhere. I can get him to come back and pick me up. So I called Levi. He came back and picked me up. And I don't know, a mile up the hill or so was, uh, was a restaurant. And I said, hey, just drop me there. I'll walk back down to the place afterwards. So he dropped me. He went on about his business. I killed about an hour, went in, uh, walked out of the door to start walking back. And because obviously... You can tell I'm built for the downhill walk, not the uphill walk. So I got the ride there. I'm willing to walk it back, right? So I walk out the door, and as soon as I do, storm. Bottom falls out. It starts pouring rain. It starts thundering and lightning. And anybody who doesn't know me, snakes and lightning, those are the two things that I really don't care that much for, but I can outrun a snake. I'm not what I used to be. I can't outrun lightning anymore. So... um, so I'm sitting here, I'm drenched, I'm worried, I'm scared, and all this is popping around me, I'm walking down the road, I'm sure I'm mumbling to myself something that probably wouldn't you know, be very positive. And God just laid two things on my heart at that moment. And I'm getting slightly off of a tangent here, but not quite. Number one is uh, I cannot let the inconveniences of my life uh, have very much weight on me. I'm trying to figure out the best way to word this. What I'm getting is this. I got a little wet. I had to walk a mile. Got a little nervous with the weather. Uh, Had to wait an hour. So what? There's people that we love on and pour into and support every week, every month. 
They're walking miles carrying buckets of water so they can drink. There are people trying to get by on day-to-day stuff to live. I can't worry about me being inconvenienced but for a few minutes or for a few dollars or, or something that just takes me out of my natural routine. That doesn't really apply to this one, but I had to share it because that's what God laid on me when I was walking down. The other thing was, when I was walking down that road, I'm wondering, you know, I wonder what the people are thinking when they're seeing me. And if I saw me riding by, would I be somebody that I would stop and see if I could help or share about Jesus with or give a ride or get a drink of water or hand a bottle to? Something, just something. Because for that second, I was the guy walking down the side of the road mumbling to myself, looking put out, right? Everyone, everyone deserves to hear the invitation of Jesus Christ, the word of Jesus Christ, what God has prepared for us, the salvation, the forgiveness of sins. This is what, uh, this is what the invitation's about. It says, the cool thing is God lays things like that on us if we are in relationship to him. So I'm backing up to point one. I'm talking to God, I'm praying to God, I'm reading his word, and he can lay stuff like that on you when you're in relationship with him. But everyone is welcome to the same invitation. It doesn't matter about any type of status on this earth. And it would be arrogant and totally outside of anything I have read in scripture to think that my approval is needed for anyone to come to Christ. Let's check out what it says in verse eight through 10. It says, then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out to the streets and gathered all the people they could find. The bad as well as the good. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. So who's invited? Anyone you can find. Who did the servants gather? Anyone they could find. Just the good guys, good girls. Oh, the bad and the good. So the king finally got what he desired. A room full of guests. So who does God want us to share the invitation with? Anyone. Not just the ones that look like us, have their act together on Facebook. Everyone has a story. Anyone. So God desires to fill his kingdom on this earth and in heaven with all who will accept the invitation by saying yes. That it's great if God's kingdom looks like a United Nations meeting. That's what's meant to be. God said go into the world. That we can accept the invitation how we are and where we are. It's for everyone. Final point I wanted to make here, number five, is do what's expected. Do what is expected. So now, you know, we, we did a message, I don't know, it's been months ago, but I remember because of what I've got written here. So now we accepted the invitation to the party. Now what? We had a now what message, okay? I've accepted Jesus, now what? What do you do? How do you feel? Uh, times you may feel like the dog that just caught the UPS truck. What are you gonna do with it now, right? All, God has prepared all this for you. How are you going to do it? What are you going to do with it? So you've got it. And guess what? God has expectations. Uh, We have a Bible that spells this out in great great detail to us uh, by a God who knew uh, 
this is still what we need to hear today. The king in the parable has guests arriving. There are customs as to how they should conduct themselves. In the same way, God wants obedience from us. Let's look at what the last uh, few verses say here. This is 11 through 13. It says, but when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, when I read this, I, I love that he referred to the man as friend, that even in correction or admonition, it, it, he still thinks of him as a friend. And also that the king approaching him left him speechless. He knew he was doing the wrong thing. So I'm picturing a king, he throws a party, the initial, uh, initially the people were invited to pass on the invitation. He opens it up to everyone, the people show up. And can you picture this room? All the king has gone through for this. All he's been trying to do to make this happen. The decorations, the food, the drink, the excitement for the night. The traditions of that time period would dictate a certain way to dress, act, and just overall how you would conduct yourself. And now here's a guy that shows up and basically says, hey, I'm going to attend your banquet. I'm going to eat your food. I'm going to drink your drink. I'm going to hang out with my friends at your place. But I'm going to do it all my way. That just because I accepted your invitation does not mean I'm changing anything for you. So what does the king do? He throws him out. Those of you that have not accepted Jesus as your savior, that is our prayer here today, that you find that while you were here today. It's the most important decision that you ever make in your life. Those of you that have Jesus as your savior, do you ever feel like God's just kind of thumping your head and saying, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? I've given you all an instruction. What are you doing? God has laid out such a wonderful plan for us, prepared so much for us, and he looks for us, excuse me, he looks to us to have obedience in, in what he wants from us, for us to do what is expected, for us to come to God on God's terms, not ours. And John fifteen ten says, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. That's a pretty powerful statement. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. God certainly wants us to do what is expected. So I'm going to wrap up here. Um, I know it's a lot, but there was so much in here, I didn't want to miss any of that. I felt like it was a lot to learn, a lot to talk about, and a lot to be reminded of, like a relationship with God, uh, an invitation for salvation, forgiveness of sins, and to live in the kingdom, an understanding of the negative consequences that come with saying no to God, a willingness to share his kingdom and share the news of the invitation with everyone, and that means everyone, and a desire to grow in maturity in our faith so that we can be obedient to the expectations of God. You know, I talked earlier about how one of my favorite words, or I don't know if I can say word because it's two words, one of my favorite sayings is show up. All this king wanted was people to show up and act like they belong there. And I feel like God wants the exact same thing. Right? Y'all pray with me, please.
Lord, thank you so much for your words that you teach us with. Parables and scripture that you absolutely know what we need to hear, when we need to hear it. We're grateful for our, the opportunity to be in here and worship together. We can share these things with each other. Um, Lord, we know that there are steps in our relationship with you. We all have steps to take. For one here today, it may be salvation. For another, it may be baptism. For another, it may be working more toward obedience to God and the things that you're asking us to do in our lives that we're saying no to, that we're pushing back from. It may be outreach. It may be joining a home group. It may be... uh, just a regular prayer, regular Bible reading life. We all have next steps to take. And wherever people are in their walk, Lord, we just pray that they accept the invitation that you've offered us and that we all continue to just stumble towards you. We love you, Lord Jesus.